Hello, welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. Today is Friday, January 19th. I'm Anastasia Glova. Recent meetings between U.S. Trade Representative Susan Schwab, WTO Director General Pascal Lamy, and EU Trade Commissioner Peter Mandelson have led to revived optimism about the future of Doha. The World Economic Forum is set to meet next week, which may lead to further developments in trade negotiations. Cato Trade Policy Analyst Sally James joins us today to help sort out the rumors. What spurred these hopes that the Doha round may soon be revived? A series of high-level meetings between European and American trade negotiators and obviously the President of the United States and the European Commission last week. And from those meetings, we saw the presence of very strong rhetoric from especially um, US President Bush that he wants to see a successful Doha round outcome. The other thing we saw, or rather we didn't see, was kind of the finger pointing and blame gaming that we've seen from the US and the Europeans so far. I think, on the other hand, that what we haven't seen is significant open shifts in positions from either of especially the Europeans and the United States, which are the two biggest players at the moment. We really need to see shifts from those two and then other significant players will start to weigh in and we've not seen any open changes in positions from the Europeans and the United States that have been publicised anyway so far and that will be necessary to get this round going. U.S. Trade Representative Susan Schwab gave a speech at the WTO in which she spoke about confidence building and I quote what if conversations. What did she mean by that? Well, I think what she has indicated she wants to get away from is this kind of focus on a few specific numbers. And while they are important, what they ignore is the kind of exceptions and the various rules about how you can use certain subsidies, for example, that will determine really the substantive outcome. In other words, for example, in agriculture, there might be a average tariff cut And while that is very important and it's getting a lot of focus, rightly so, what is also very important are the exceptions to that rule. For example, countries have the ability perhaps to shield a certain number of products from that average tariff cut in exchange for opening up more quota access, for example. So really, for a country to decide whether a deal is or is not in their interest, they will want to know... Yes, this is the average cut, but if you're going to shield all the products that I have an access interest in, then it's not going to give me a whole lot of benefit. So they're the sorts of packages of various combinations of numbers that Susan Schwab might be talking about. What if we gave you this? What about this? And I think she also wants to get away from the focus on agriculture. I don't know that's going to be possible. Agriculture is very visible and very important in these talks. Indeed, we've seen that they've actually caused the breakdown of these talks a number of times. But she's quite right in saying that the WTO is about a lot more than just agriculture. And the other what-if scenarios she might be talking about are things like if you know, for example, we gave you this access in agriculture, what would we see in services or industrial products, for example? And I think what she is trying to do, and I'm sure a lot of other countries are trying as well, is to have these kind of discussions to move away from that rhetoric-based finger-pointing that we've seen in the past. What pulled the Doha round under were the stubborn attitudes of the US and the EU towards making any kind of concessions. Do you think that it's likely that the US will lower farm subsidies this time to keep the Doha round alive? Yeah, that's a a very good question. I don't know that we're going to see a lot from the United States unilaterally 
And I think that's a real shame because these subsidies are very much a drain on the US economy, even though a lot of American lawmakers see them as a bargaining chip, in other words, as something to kind of keep back and only give away in exchange for market access, for example. They really are a drain on the economy, and for that reason they should go anyway. But the indications we've seen this week, especially from Colin Peterson, who's the new chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, he has remained adamant that the United States will not lower their farm subsidies unless they see significant market access, if at all. And the other thing Chairman Peterson has indicated is a certain dismissiveness towards the WTO in general. For example, in response to questions from the press about the possibility of dispute settlement action against the United States, Chairman Peterson has said, and and I paraphrase here, that it doesn't matter, we've got a lot of lawyers in Washington. And that's really a, a worrying sign. As far as stubbornness from the Europeans, some French ministers this week have openly criticised EU Commissioner Mandelson for offering or indicating he might go beyond what the European Union has already offered in agriculture, and the French are very, very reluctant to do that. Of course, they have presidential elections coming up in April and May. That's going to constrain them. So European Commissioner Mandelson is in a really difficult position there, I think. The World Economic Forum will meet on January 24th. What can we expect to happen there? Well, the Swiss are hosting a meeting on the sidelines of the WEF in Davos and they have invited about 30 kind of key agricultural, well actually more generally trade players to this meeting. And the idea is, from what I can gather, to really discuss process going forward. I'm not sure we're going to see a whole lot out of that meeting. We may see big statements of support for the round going forward. And while that's welcome, we need to keep in mind that those sorts of statements were issued last year at the very same forum. And in fact, nothing came of it. So I think we need to keep our expectations fairly moderate for that forum. And in fact, a lot of key players, including the Swiss, are downplaying the expectations from that forum only because setting up the idea that this something big is going to come of it is only setting people up for perhaps disappointment if nothing comes of it. So I think they're deliberately keeping expectations low. What if the talks fail again? Well, I think we can expect a stall for a couple of years at least, possibly until 2009. The problem we have coming up is, first of all, the French election that I mentioned in April and May. Then it's looking like trade promotion authority won't be extended. At least that's the indication we're getting from certain key congressional people. The other problem is then, of course, you get into 2008 where there's the United States presidential election and unfortunately these sorts of political events really do interrupt these trade calendars because it tends to bring out even more of that political kind of sometimes protectionist political rhetoric that does not help these negotiations. So that's something that's really going to place something of a hiatus on these talks. I think It's very unfortunate for a lot of reasons. First of all, if we don't see a successful conclusion to these talks in the next few months, we could see a slide into protectionism in the absence of these kind of negotiating, or at least these possibilities of negotiating a successful outcome. The other concern that I have is that we might see a push towards more bilateral agreements or regional agreements. And while they can open trade, they're nowhere near as good as the WTO. Of course, they're not as good as unilateral liberalisation, but in the absence of that, we have to rely on multilateral. And disputes as well. 
If there's no negotiations in the offing, countries tend to get a little bit anxious about that, a little bit rancorous, and they might start launching dispute settlement action. And that while that may be justified in some cases, it's certainly not helpful to a smooth trading system globally. On the other hand, you know, Doha's been struggling for a while and yet world trade has continued to grow. In fact, last year, world trade grew by about 8%, which is almost double global GDP growth. So in other words, trade is growing even faster than income. And then we've had things like the Chinese accession in 2001, which was a huge event, and it's been, by and large, a large success as well. So on the other hand, I think the world will keep on spinning, but I certainly would want to see a successful Doha outcome, that's for sure. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.